This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Listen, it's time to jump on into it with your pals, Nat and Jess, and catch up on all things women's health and fitness. Another week, another podcast. <laughs> uh, Nat literally just did a vocal warm up before she opened, and now I yeah. know why. I didn't actually plan to sing. Have you but ever then, done um, singing lessons? No, we've talked about this on the podcast. So have we? Listeners. I feel like we've spoken about have drama and musical theatre. Oh, but like, okay. Where did you learn to do a vocal? We're meant to do vocal warm-ups for group fitness, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. well, that's probably where I learned it. But also, yeah. isn't there like a movie thing? La, 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 la. Like on the movies, you see them. Pitch Perfect. One uh, and two. I don't know how, but I've managed to avoid all three. Not on <gasps> purpose. And Jessica, then, you have not been on the earth. Well, <laughs> yeah, but then I could say the same about you with regards to maths. Have you started wa- watching that yet? Maths. Maths. No, but I, I'm lacking time. I'm trying to sleep more. Yeah, that's what we spoke about last week. Um, so this will be the last time I ask for a while. Why? But how has your sleep been? Actually better. I'm going to sleep earlier. Okay. I'm also reading a book, a normal book. <gasps> yep. Um, but I'm not reading much because I fall asleep so quickly. Uh, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. incredible but is what that? I say, what I said last week that I don't have as much anxiety when I go to sleep is still very true. Like, it's mm. not just the book. Because yeah. I was sleeping better last week, falling asleep better, because mm. I don't have that platter of, um, you know, that platter that you get sometimes mm. when you're anxious. And mm. it's like, now let's just bring up all the things that you're worried about mm. right now when you're about to fall asleep so that you cannot sleep. Yeah, and that's so that's what we chatted about last week, right, is that yeah. you did have a sleep routine before, but not one that was helpful for sleeping. So your sleep routine was lie in bed and then start regurgitating all of yeah. the stuff that you are worrying about like and everything. just letting that stew around and then pulling other things that could be something you haven't thought about for a very long time. <laughs> just draw it all in, have a think about it, and um, just Nowadays, lie there. Nowadays, the platter um, is not in, in my bedroom with me, so that's good. And you said last week, too, that now when you have a thought like that, you're like, I'll bring it up with my therapist. Yes, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because now I know someone's going to, like, deal with it with me. So and that's, I don't have to think about it. And that's been a big shift for you. Is, Massive, yeah. Is um, getting some support with your emotional, mental well-being in that way. And so you're already, you know, kind of feeling the benefits of that. For you, you can really see that in your sleep. Are there any other areas that you're sort of going, oh, this is interesting. I feel like I feel like this is being helped. You mean like seeing the therapist, what has helped? Yeah. Um, since the day I've seen her, I haven't had any panic attacks. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> Not that massive. people knew that I had panic attacks, but I haven't had one. I've had almost some, but she's taught me, well, she's, I don't know, she's taught me how to... Um, get out of it quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, they call, I used to call them anxiety attacks, but she calls them panic attacks. But anyway, so she's, like, I haven't had any. So actually, so at the very beginning, 
because that's why, why I started seeing her because I was having panic attacks. So at the very beginning, she, you know, she taught me how to try and not let it escalate. And so I was, ha- I was still having all like having like the start of a panic attack, but I was able to get out of it really quickly. Mm. And then the more I see her, like since I saw her last time, I just said that to Essie. Um, I think the day before yesterday, I was like, do you know, I haven't had any like start of panic attacks since I've seen her last, and I hadn't no- I hadn't realised, but I don't even feel like I'm about to have. One, you know what mm. I mean? Like sometimes I'd be like, because the thing that's quite scary and that's something that I um, discussed with her is when you have panic attacks, it's really scary if they are, if you think they're random because mm-hmm. then you're really worried about when it could come on. And then she she helped me through, um, you know, like we went through every single one of them and why and what happened and made me realise that they're actually not random at all. So even though they, they seemed random to me, there was always something that was in common. Mm. Um, and... Now, because I kind of know when they might come on or what might happen and what it feels like, I'm not even scared of getting one. Do you get what yeah. I mean? Because I was almost getting scared of getting one because mm. if you're in like a, you know, like a tricky situation where, I don't know, mm. you're at work while I'm teaching a class, it's the last place you want to have a panic mm. attack. So in instead of, of living the with this um, chronic fear, fear yeah, and yeah. anxiety about having a panic attack, yeah. which is extreme anxiety. Yeah. You know, when you feel very, very under threat and physiologically yeah. you're responding to those um, feelings and those thoughts and things. Instead of chronically being scared of that happening because you don't know, because it seems random, Yeah. then you've been able to um, have a look and see there will be triggers. Yeah. And so understanding the triggers of that then gives you more um, a set, more of a sense of um, con- control. control. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, feeling like you're not in control is the scariest thing. Well, for me anyway. Yeah, so she made me realise that. But that's that for me has been the biggest shift because I haven't even had the start of one. Touch wood, it doesn't happen again. But I haven't even had, I haven't even felt like I'm about to have one since I last saw her, which is like two weeks now. So... That, for me, has changed everything, you know. So for someone who has never experienced a panic attack... Yeah. Have you not, or are you speaking I on have. behalf of everyone else? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have. I've yeah. had, oh, maybe yeah, two have. or three, I think, in my life. Yeah. For someone who's never experienced this, do you feel comfortable describing what the experience is for you? Yeah, it might be different for everyone, though, mm-hmm. eh? probably is. So for Nat? I don't want to go into too much detail. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> just because I don't feel I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a sense of losing control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> so um, I guess if I, I'm quite happy to share. I've okay. had, I don't know why, I can't remember exactly how many, but I do remember specifically one after Quinn, our second, was born. Yeah. And there was a lot going on. We'd just moved to Wellington. My parents had split up. I'd had the second baby and Greg was away, you know, working. Full on. Yeah, and I felt um, very alone, very isolated and very, very frustrated with where I was at in, Mm. in my life. And something triggered it. And I remember feeling like I couldn't breathe yeah, properly, yeah. Um, you know, sort of almost like pins and needles yeah. and very, um, very upsetting uh, experience. So 
anyone who has experienced this before, if this, some, this is something that you're sort of um, struggling with, really feel for you. It's not a great yeah, thing to go awful. through. And like you said, you've found speaking to someone about it incredibly yeah, helpful. Yeah, really helpful. Sorry, I can't really talk about it at the moment. <laughs> That's okay. We're, what we will say is that we are huge fans of therapy. Yes, that's the thing. I wanted to, I actually talked about this with Jess before the, um, well, after this one, because it was quite random that I mentioned it last week, right? Oh, it was I, it, for, for me, it was a little well, bit you were unexpected like, oh, okay. in a really, really good way. Yeah, I was kind of yeah. like, Oh, I love this, but I but I didn't want to delve further. And do you know what? I've like, had a lot of I've had a lot of praise from people saying, um, you know, I think it's great that you mentioned you had a therapist and all that. So that's why I thought um, that's when I talked to you and I said I think we need to talk about it a lot more and mm. even just normalise it because mm. um, I've had some pretty good conversations with people and just talking about. To see a therapist, it doesn't because it kind of feel and that's how it feels like, especially growing up. For me, growing up. No one around me would see a therapist unless there was something seriously wrong with them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So um, normalising the fact that you don't need to have something seriously wrong with you in order to see a therapist. Mm -hmm. It it can just be... Because the thing is, if you've got the means, I recommend it for anybody. Because everybody has got baggage and everybody has got... Um, trauma, whether that's um, childhood trauma or even adult or mm. things that have happened. So if you, and I know it's the sad thing about New Zealand is that it's really not that accessible. We mm-hmm. don't actually have that many. There's a long wait. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're trying to go public, you're probably most likely to wait a really long time, right? I'm mm-hmm. not just sure because I didn't even bother with that. Mm. But even private was hard. Mm-hmm. Like I, I booked my appointments like maybe four or five months maybe even more, four or five months in advance Mm. because they're that busy, Mm. you know. Um, But, yeah, so if you've got the means, I highly recommend it because the the thing that we need to do is is normalise it more so that it's not just because you're seeing a therapist doesn't mean there's something seriously wrong with you and there should be no stigma with it anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, to take any... um uh, any feelings of shame around yeah. getting support in this way because it's just another support person. Like yeah. some people will see a personal trainer for support with exercise. <laughs> if you've got a cold, you will go and see a GP. A doctor, yeah, I yeah. can't give myself a filling, therefore I go to a dentist. <laughs> What's interesting though is I remember bumping into my psychologist in Dublin in a supermarket, right? Oh. And... Um, and he and I sort of saw him, and then he kind of pretended like he he didn't really know me. Yeah, and then I was, I do, yeah. yeah, and I was kind of like, Which okay, I'll, I'll take I'll take the lead from that. Um, and then I spoke to him afterwards, and he said the thing. I said, you know, I I saw you. It's a little <laughs> bit weird. And he said, uh, yeah, I mean, I, t- I take my lead from um, my mm. my clients. Um, and because there can be a stigma around it Absolutely, and all of yeah. that. And uh, I just thought that was a really interesting reflection. And then I am also seeing, seeing a therapist now. Yeah. And I sort of spoke to her about it because I bumped into her with someone I knew. And, oh, did you? Like, Ashton about? Um uh, in the waiting room. Oh, in the waiting, in the room. waiting yeah. room. I bumped into someone that I knew in the waiting room, and yeah. then she came to get me for my appointment. Gotcha. And then it just kind of... You talked about it. You just sort of talked about it, and I said, it's interesting, isn't it, that that's the, you know, like that's the kind of specialist 
that there's this weird that we don't stigma talk about. around, yeah. you yeah. know, that there's some kind of, and I think it is from that idea that you only see a psychologist when you're broken and there's shame in being broken. Especially mentally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When actually, I just think it's the most powerful And by the way, she said broken um, in quote marks. (laughs) Yeah, I don't actually mean that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she used the hands. Obviously. And also the shift where we're looking at not just the absence of uh, uh, distress, whether that's a mental illness or um, you're going, you're processing trauma, not just the absence of distress, but actually moving into thriving. Yeah. And so that's, I think, what can be really helpful too is is if you really want to maximise the quality of your life, but there are yeah. things that are keeping you stuck, how powerful it is to invest then in seeing yeah. someone who is trained to support you in this way. And then you can you can sort of move into more of this thriving thing. Yeah. Uh, and, it, like, it's amazing, right? Like, you, you love seeing yours. I mean, it's, it's definitely very emotional every time. Mm. Like, it is taxing on mm. your... Um, on your emotions, but mm. it's amazing. Like even you know, like I, I, I've, I've only had this one. I've only had one, but I've had a really good experience so far. Um, I know Shani. She won't mind me saying this. She's she's seeing somebody, and she has seen somebody in mm. the past as well. Has only had good experience so far mm. as well. You know, mm. so um, yeah, there's no shame. Talk about it, and if you if if you think that that's something that you might that might help you thrive a bit better, then definitely look into it if you've got the means. Because I understand it's really not that like it is quite a privileged thing to do. We have an opportunity in New Zealand to really oh, yeah. improve access to support. Yeah, um, you know, for mental health stuff, but that potentially is a topic for another day. <laughs> Today, actually, before I move on, I just want to mm-hmm. acknowledge. Uh, how brave it was for you to share that. Uh, yeah, sorry I couldn't speak about the actual panic attacks. I think it's a bit raw at the moment. But I will one day. Uh, I'm sorry I for just asking. Wanna, no, don't be sorry for asking. It. No, no, no. I'd rather talk about other people's panic attacks. I was about, about to, and then I was like, oh, yeah, no. No, no. <laughs> not today. Sorry. Not, not today. <laughs> I don't want to actually give myself one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, and I'm like, for example, how does it go? And you're like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not, that's not a very friendly thing to do. Don't feel bad, Jess. You do not need to feel Speaking bad. Speaking of people who don't make particularly good friends, <laughs> the topic of today, Carlos, is narcissists. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. I must say, I've been so excited for this topic. Like really? for real. Yeah. But I have Are you quite interested in narcissistic people? I think narcissistic people are particularly interesting, but mm. we'll find out if I am or if you are with a little quiz yeah, a little bit so later classic on. Classic Jess made me do a quiz, you can do the same as well. <laughs> yeah. we'll put it onto And I don't know Nat's results, but uh, I have suspicions. Let's see. Well, okay. I'm a full narcissist. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think so, but I like to tease. Uh, so a narcissist or narcissism, narcissism is a self-centered personality style characterized as having an excessive preoccupation with oneself and one's own needs, often at the expense of others. Narcissism is not necessarily good or bad. 
It depends on the context. So, for example, initiating social relationships require a healthy level of narcissism because you need to feel good about yourself to have the confidence to approach people. Yeah, so there's a spectrum. Yeah, there's a spectrum, and I guess in that way we can kind of access narcissistic qualities. Like, I believe in my own hype to be able to go and approach someone. <laughs> no, no. Um, so good for that kind of stuff. But in other contexts, such as maintaining long-term relationships, narcissism can be unhelpful. Mm. So we've got a continuum of um, uh, levels of narcissism. At the very extreme end of that is something called narcissistic personality disorder. And that tends to be how we think of narcissism, right? Yeah, we only think of the extreme. Well, yeah. I only do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so that's an abnormal personality expression. Uh, so let's have a look Um Someone with narcissistic personality disorder has an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. They need and seek too much attention and want people to admire them. People with this disorder may lack the ability to understand or care about the feelings of others, so not have a lot of empathy. But behind the mask of extreme confidence, they are not sure of their self-worth and are easily upset by the slightest criticisms. They can overreact to being critiqued. So, you know, know that whole kind of like overcompensating sort of thing? Yeah. When someone's like super, super cocky or whatever and you're like, I don't know if you really feel that confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. And that's when you're like, I think you've got some deep insecurities. Yeah. And that's why you are acting like a cock. So, um, this speaking of cocks, uh, <laughs> expressions of narcissism. This is quite interesting. So, um, I've got a, a few examples of how narcissism can be expressed uh, expressed in different environments. So, first up, thank you for the segue, Nat. Oh, really? uh, sexual. Ooh. Sexual expression of narcissism. (laughs) This is an egocentric pattern of sexual behaviour that involves an inflated sense of sexual ability or entitlement, sometimes in the form of extramarital affairs. This can be overcompensation for low self-esteem or an inability to to, to sustain true intimacy. Now, heard of sex addiction? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what this is kind of saying from what I've looked at, is that a lot of experts actually uh, don't believe in sexual addiction as an addiction. They believe it is the expression of narcissism. So it's sexual narcissism or compulsive compulsive kind of behaviour, not an addiction. It's that someone is narcissistic and then so they believe in their own Do you know someone that's addicted, addicted, uh, addicted to sex? I don't think so. Do you? Really? I, yeah, I do. Well, not like not me. Don't worry. Don't look at me like that. Not me or AC, but yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah. And in what way? Uh, first of all, I <laughs> so many questions. How do you like? Do they know they're addicted to? Sex? Yeah, yeah. They've said it out loud. Okay, so they're quite open about being. They yeah. Addicted to sex, yeah. and then and then so in that conversation where they're. You know, sort of like not someone, not anyone they've been with, just mm. to make that clear. But also, won't reveal the identity because mm. it's not my place. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, I haven't. They're quite, they're quite, um, they're quite open about quite it. Quite open about it, and 
I don't think they see it as narcissism, obviously. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But it's so interesting. I know a couple of people. Mm. Yeah. That are and for a while, addicted to sex quite yeah, much. Yeah, because for yeah. a while, I think the whole sex addiction thing, you know, was seen as, well, that's just a cop-out. You know, like, I'd like to be married and sleep with other people. Yeah, yeah. And instead of just having an open relationship, I'm going to claim to have an addiction. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I thought that was that was quite, quite interesting. interesting. Um, something that's a little bit sad is when you have a parent who's narcissistic. Yeah. So um, a narcissistic parent will see their children as an extension of themselves and encourage the children to act in ways that support the parent's emotional and self-esteem needs. That's Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, so children are significantly affected by this behaviour and work very, very hard, will sacrifice their own wants and needs to facilitate essentially the, the ego of their parent. Yeah. Wow. Um that's tough. The other place that you can see narcissism in action is workplace. And I'm sure we've all kind of seen different levels of yeah, this. Well, yeah, different yeah, levels of it, definitely. So um, uh, some professionals will uh, sort of constantly assert their competence, even when they're wrong. And um, uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe big claims. Yeah. Big claims of... Over-exaggerate. Over-exaggerate. Yeah. Big claims of success and ability and uh, all of that. In leadership, uh, they can be high risk, so their decision-making can have extreme consequences. Yeah. Quite good often at um, uh, achieving in the short term, but long term can do quite a lot of damage to the organisations and the culture of the organisation. Yeah. And then you've got um, employees as well. Employees within an organisation can be counterproductive, aggressive, and uh, can act out when their self-esteem is threatened. So is it something that you're born with or is it something that you can develop depending... Because I feel like like I've worked... I've had a manager that that was narcissistic Mm -hmm. and that was quite hard for me to work with Mm -hmm. just because I'm very like and SS brought this to my attention a lot but I'm very factual Mm. like I um like I'm I'm too narrow-minded in that sense that like say if SS was like oh we had blah 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 five of this I mean oh no it was actually Mm 4.5 you know mm -hmm. like I feel the need to to Mm. correct him which Mm. annoys him because he's like oh my gosh it's the same Mm. but anyway I didn't work well with this person because they were so They'd exaggerate everything. Their story would change every time they would talk to a different person. Like, Mm. it was always so, you know, like, so out of reach. Mm -hmm. Um, So that I really... But is this something that that you're born with or something that you can develop as you get into a a role or, like, a leadership role? Or, like, celebrities, when they become celebrities and, you know, this all this will would be really hard for them because they get all this attention, especially young celebrities, you know? Mm. Um, Is this something that they would develop being in that role? Yeah, so celebrity narcissism is the other environment. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, wow. Celebrity narcissism. <laughs> Jeez, I just jumped the gun, didn't I? I thought you just read ahead. No, I actually didn't. I yeah. promise I didn't read. Well done. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's the, down. the segues that you're providing me today are <laughs> on point. Um, celebrity narcissism develops in late adolescence or adulthood and is brought on by wealth, fame, and then triggered and supported by our celebrity-obsessed 
society. So you've got fans, yeah. assistants, you and can see that, the how media. The, how that yep. would happen, right? Yep. So there's this um, uh, this messaging then that gets sent to this individual that they are a lot more important than other people. Yeah. And that. I, I think, you know, with, with all um, expressions of personality, you have the gene potential for, um, you know, personality traits. Yeah. And then the environment can kind of switch it on yeah, or ramp it switch up. it off. Yeah. Okay. And I would say someone with the potential for narcissism would definitely, in their environment, have it switched on in a big way. They would thrive in the environment. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So, and some, and I, and then I guess you sort of go, well, are narcissists more driven to become celebrities? Yep, I would say. And then they have the to environment to be something. To yeah. be some, and that's and that's exactly it. Is that's a big part of narcissism is this grandiose sense of self-importance, yeah. um, you know, and this kind of arrogance around uh, their role in the world, and that it needs to be very important as well. So that leads us to how to spot a narcissist. So you were saying you believe you worked with a narcissist because I think I know. Yeah, I worked with one for sure. It yeah. was the over-exaggerated... And, again, I don't want to say too too much, but just everything was about them all the time, even, oh. though, even though they were in the leadership role, so they're looking after us, for example, me. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> everything was about them, like, to the point where it was, like, insane how much it was about this person. Like, we would do, you know, when you do, like, um, every quarter, you do, like, a financial meeting, hmm. you know, with the whole team or whatever to see how you're all going and how much profit we're making. This is in my last um, job, by the way. And, like, the the PowerPoint, the presentation was probably about, like, 30-plus minutes about just this person with photos of this person in, like, different country. <laughs> like, it was... I remember being like, am I being punked? And this person was quite new to this role. Oh. So, obviously, we were, like, getting to know this person. Yeah. But I remember being like, what? Yeah. This is this is about our profit. Why are you telling us where you've lived and what you've done? Anyway, they would exaggerate... Or stories, like yeah. even like like you know when it's something small that yeah. just doesn't even need to be exaggerated because it's not even something to be proud or whatever. Yeah, that story would instead of being like three, it would be ten of it. You know, but I would have heard it already anyway. It was yeah, it was like that. So yeah, it was hard to work with. I said it was hard to work with. <laughs> I did not say the gender. Jess looked at me like, excuse me. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> listen, I appreciate you protecting this person's identity massively. Well, I, um, take, it, I take that seriously, OK? They I'm might much. like the attention, though, if they're a narcissist. <laughs> sure. um, now, these, uh, these people, narcissists believe they are unique or special and can only be understood by other special people. So, looks like they've got a special group there <laughs> that you have to score higher narcissism to be a part of so that's Aww. cool um, they live in a fantasy world that supports these sort of like delusions of grandiosity uh, so they will um, create I suppose pull in people who support that right yeah you know, because so they don't Bias. like to be um, uh, challenged in that way. Like, for example, if you had said to your old narcissistic boss, 
just I'm a little bit confused because, you know, kind of when you tell that story, it changes a lot. Mm. That would be very threatening to his ability to, you know, kind of um, uh, sort of... I used to make... I did used to say that a little bit. Ooh, how yeah, did that go down? Just, um, I think... I can't remember. I just used to make fun of it. But, oh, yesterday was five, so here we are. Carry on. <laughs> you know? Okay. And that kind of went down okay. But I think that that was our relationship as well. When they knew that I would just call them out. So, like, I was, like, the that person. For yeah. Them. You know what I mean? Anyway. Attention to detail. Yeah, annoyingly. So, uh... If someone is particularly narcissistic, anything that threatens to burst the fantasy bubble is met with extreme defensiveness and even rage. So those around the narcissist learn to tread carefully around their denial of reality. Maybe narcissistic people could see therapists as well (laughs) and deal with their rage that way. I don't have the exact de- like stats on this, but in reading this, yeah, and and I have heard this in the past, not um, a, they wouldn't. A very challenging, very challenging to therapize. Yes, ah, very, very. This is this is kind of what. Ah, yeah. but I might have something a little bit more about that um, at the end. They need constant praise and admiration, so the occasional compliment is not enough. They are constantly craving attention. This is how you spot a narcissist. If you're kind of going, is this person in my life a bit of a a narcissist? Then are they constantly needing, like, praise and acknowledgement and admiration is probably the big one. They are entitled. They expect favorable treatment. And they exploit others without guilt or shame. Lacking empathy means that they are not, a little bit like psychopaths, I guess, they're not really bothered with what the impact of them getting what they want is. Yeah. Which is scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, they demean, intimidate, bully or belittle others, particularly when they're feeling threatened. Um, so, and if they they're threatened, as in someone is more capable, or confident, or popular than they are, no stress in really kind of bringing them down. Right. So they sound like a lot of fun to be around, don't they? But like, like you said, there's a spectrum, right? So I'm sure there's listeners that are like, oh, I can think of this person, but they don't tick all the boxes. Like, they're not as extreme, but Mm. they do have some of those traits, Mm, mm. you know? Mm. And I guess, like all of us, we have days where emotionally we're pretty well regulated, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves, and other days where we're not. And, you know, like like I'll admit, when I'm not feeling great about myself, I can be really critical of my kids, and I can be really critical of of Greg or, you know, I can kind of um, uh, really enjoy, I don't know, like gossip, for example. And that's not necessarily me at my higher self. So I think, I think yes, there, there, I'm sure there will be days where if someone is feeling not great about themselves. And they do say themselves. we all have, 
yeah variations of it right like you say depending on the day and things mm. and depending because obviously like you said at the very beginning you kind of have to have a little bit of that sometimes in order to have the confidence to either like go for that job or mm. ask this person on a date you mm. know or teach a group fitness class teach it, yeah teach mm. a group fitness class mm. yeah how did you score yeah, I'm good. Interested. Good, good, good. Well, okay, let's go. So uh, I came across this quiz, and we will share it if you are interested in how narcissistic you are. Carlos, you're welcome to do it as well. <laughs> um, so I gave this to Nat. I did it myself as well. And I scored... Uh, Where's where is it? Where is it? Um, is it that one? Five. Oh, Out. my God. What are you? Same. Same. Oh, and we got the same kind of like little add-on. So scoring five out of, I've just lost that. Um, <laughs> what have you done? I have no idea. Help. Oh. Help. Technology. Um, so I came out as, where does it even say? So oh, no, no narcissism. Oh, no, I came out as mild. Oh, mild. How did you do that? Oh, Oh, right. So you got between 12 to 15. So how come mine says five down here, though? That's your scoring for authority. Oh, so I got 12. Okay, right. So I got mild narcissism mm-hmm. and you got no narcissism. No narcissism. Wow. Um, but, um, but, like, you know, some of the questions I was like, well, yeah, I am confident. Like, mm. I am confident in things like, you know, how some of the questions are like, you feel like... I can't remember something like you're destined to doing something great. Like I do feel like I I do want to put a put a dent in this world. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. But not in a um, only I can do mm. it, no one else can mm. kind of mm. way. Mm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's not a particularly thorough test for me. <laughs> yeah, but by it's the way, fun. It's it's, fun. it is. It is because it's just a kind of either or sort of thing. But yeah. I also said yes to I want to do something really, okay. you know, kind of yeah. impactful or whatever. And and you know, that's that's from a good place. The other thing I will say is that I'm not currently teaching group fitness. True. Okay. And I do think that environment. Um, like needing to step up, to step up on a stage and lead people in fitness, you do have to access those types of qualities. Definitely. You have to be okay talking for Because they talk a lot hour. about leadership and stuff. Yeah. And like, do you, like a lot of the leadership questions, because I do enjoy being a leader and I do, but I don't, you know, they were, I can't remember what the questions were, like are you more likely to be, the, be a leader in a group situation and things like that? Mm. You know, like those mm. questions are yeah, more kind of like, to be like, well, well, yeah, just because that's how it's kind of been in the past. Well, you know? and also that you do that, we can work out. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, yeah. it's kind of it's an it's a natural. Because I'm not I'm not scared to, to gather people. You yeah, know, together yeah. And be like, okay, let's do this. You do yeah, that. You know? Yeah, and, yeah. And um, so what Nat's referring to is those questions. I think we're getting at. So there's two two parts to the results of this quiz. The first is whether you have no narcissism, mild narcissism, moderate, or you're a total narcissist. Um, <laughs> and then the second part you is... You are a total narcissist. <laughs> get some help now. Um, the, the second part is where you score with authority, and both of us, it says... Got the same. You score particularly high in authority, suggesting you see yourself as a leader or as someone uh, who values power. Right. Um, I have found myself in leadership a bit. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up, I tended to be captain of my netball team. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So I think that's probably something we share as we yeah. we 
can naturally lead for whatever reason. I think it's probably wanting to bring people together and work as a group and and yeah. all of that, um, not necessarily just to be um, in a position of power with that, but just cohesion, mm. right? Yeah, cohesion, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll share this and you can do it for yourself. Find out where we, you... We'll put it on the link to this episode. Yes, we will. And maybe on our Instagram as well. Um, and I was reluctant to get Greg to do it and I didn't ask you to get Essie to oh, do it Oh, but I either. do really want Essie to do it. I'm going to get Greg to do it, oh, but maybe not, not share the result. No. Oh, really? Yeah, see, I think Essie will be kind of, hi! Well, <laughs> I don't know, because the other questions on there were sort of like, um, I would say what I've noticed about Greg is that he's very humble. Okay. Right? So yeah. that's the only part where I was kind of like, maybe fit. he won't score that high. Well, see, it's hard because I thought Essie was a psychopath and then turns out he wasn't at all. But then who knows if you played the game? Who knows? <laughs> but with um, with Essie, there's, there's things where he's, like, there's no extremes in him, like mm-hmm. in what you were talking about before. Mm-hmm. But there are little things where he does. I think he would be a little bit higher than me for sure, mm. you know, just in general. But also, like, mm-hmm. I think life experience... Like different life experiences kind of shape you to be certain ways, right? Mm. Like I feel like he's in his life, especially like as a child and growing up, he's had to step up and he's mm. had, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I feel like he's he's been the fixer mm. for many, many years mm. in his life, mm. whether it's friends, family, whatever. He's been the fixer. He's been the one that's had to be the leader. And because of that, I guess has shaped him the way that he is now. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't look into it, but I wonder if there's also a gender difference there. Yeah, where, sure, probably. You know, part of I guess the downside of of being male in some ways is there's an expectation for yeah. you to lead. You know, um, and maybe that kind of plays into it too. But I didn't, I didn't kind of look at that. But it just, just if you happen to do this quiz and you do score high on narcissism, or you you think maybe it's something that is your kind of challenge. Uh, we've talked about it in, in an entertaining way, yeah. you know, but if this is something that you're struggling with and you're wanting to sort of work on in that, then definitely uh, see someone to support you with that in terms of therapy. Um, oh, here we go. Um, we talked about, you know, kind of is this something that you're born with or can it develop uh uh, it says some children may show traits of narcissism, but this is often typical for their age and doesn't mean they'll go on to develop narcissistic personality <laughs> disorders. So just because your toddler is throwing a tantrum because they don't get what they want, um, no need to see so a freak. child psychologist just yet. Um, oh, no, here, yeah, I have looked at gender differences. It does affect more males than females. Often begins in the teens or early adulthood. Yeah, and I think that also comes down to, like you say, expectations as mm. well. Mm. Yeah, and there's there's sometimes like with Essie where we've talked about it, and he he's really aware of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, so I think he's definitely not to the extreme, but he's really aware of it. So we talk about it a lot, 
and he's and this is one of those people that's always willing to take feedback on about himself and to change mm. things about himself if need be. So he's you know like he's receptive to feedback. Well, he's not narcissistic in that respect. True, yeah, that's the thing. Because he's not, he would be defending. But there'll his be position. things that he does where I'm like, you see, that's that's don't do that, mm, mm. <laughs> or don't don't say that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because. Because that's that. Well, that that's that's not that. That's what a narcissist <laughs> narcissist would say. And then he's like, "Oh yeah." And then we'll talk about it, you know. And they'll be like, "You know, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have more empathy for this person or this or whatever." Yeah. So Nat's gonna go away and get Essie to do this quiz. I don't know if I'll uh, share it though. If you're not sharing Greg's, I won't. Share I don't Essie's. think I. Well, it depends. If he scores low, I'll share. And if he scores high, <laughs> then I, you'll know. Like if you don't hear from us about it, you'll know. Husbands that he's have high. scored higher. Always forgotten. But on a serious note, if you do find yourself in a relationship with someone who is displaying these behaviours and your experience of being in the relationship is not healthy, then um, just this is some how to kind of deal with... Oh, you've got some um, how to deal. How to how to deal with a with a narcissist. Now, in a relationship, romantic relationship, accepting that actually your needs are probably not gonna get fulfilled or even recognized because um narcissists tend to look more for admirers than for equals. Sorry. Ah. Um yeah, that's not good. <laughs> That's but that's the ex- that will be an ex- that's the extreme. That's, the extreme. that's someone yeah. with narcissistic personality disorder. They're very attractive because they're very charismatic, but oh. uh, but long term. So they might be better for kind of like one night stand. A bit of fun. Yeah, have some fun with the narcissist. Maybe avoid marrying the narcissist. You heard it here first. <laughs> Tips and tricks from Nancy. Well. <laughs> No carry on, carry on. <laughs> um, so it's also important to see the narcissist in your life for who they really are, not who you want them to be. So less of this kind of like, right, yeah. I love them and they'll change. Because I'm the one, they will change them. Yeah, 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 for sure. They will start caring a bit more about me. They will become a nice, no, they won't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Either accept it or Jesus move like on. straight up right now. I love it. Move on. Um, yeah, you can't deny. No, he can't change, Carlos. I tried. And I moved on. Okay, she's not talking about Greg, just FYI. She's Biggest tip and trick is focus on your own dreams. Less getting caught up in, you know, kind of just facilitating their ego. That's a big one. So wait, so if you're married with one, just focus on your own dreams. Yeah, don't lose yourself in their gotcha. delusions yeah. of in kind of like, yeah. you know, boundaries I'd say would be very important here in terms of kind of like my existence is not just to, um, you know, inflate your ego, for example. Are you speaking of experience? I believe that I have had past experience with this type of person, okay. most definitely. There were a few things in doing this research I where... I quite... Yeah, there's a bit strong of, about it. No, they won't change. <laughs> no, they won't. No, they won't. Um, if you are in a relationship that is not healthy, as in your feelings are never acknowledged and you feel like your existence is to inflate the ego of the person you're with, 
Move on. <laughs> Jess feels really strongly about this. So and that's narcissism. <laughs> Thank you very much. Interesting that they're very hard to therapize. Because I was thinking, well, obviously it's great that there's help out there, but can you imagine being the therapist and being like, sorry, it's too much work for me. It'd be so hard, though, because therapy, you know, we've both done it. You mm. talk about yourself, which I find really uncomfortable. There, I, there I'm kind of like, tell me about you. And she's like, no, no, no. Yeah, so I always you right try now. and talk a little bit about my therapist. Yeah. And she just has a bar of it. No, they they're not into it. And yeah. I'm kind of like, tell me about you. Like, That's not what you're here for. <laughs> you're not paying all this money to talk about me. <laughs> but if you're a narcissist, then the whole session is about you. <laughs> kind True, of, yeah. You know what I mean? And then if you don't, if you don't appreciate being challenged and you're challenged by your therapist, you're probably not going to come back. So I'd say the success rate is is pretty low for it. But For someone that's on the extreme, right? Yes. Again, because, you know, like we're talking of the extreme when they've got the actual personality disorder, right? So Mm. that means that they're full narcissist. Mm. Yeah. Mm. God, that would be hard. Do you Mm. think there's lots of people in power, like people, like presidents and that, that... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We don't need to name names. I think but we all know who, sure. she's, who yeah. she's referring to. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. But uh, no politics today. Natasha? Okay. Sister, are you done? Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Anything you want to add? Carlos at all? I'm looking at Carlos, you I feel like yeah, I feel like this is a trio, you know? We we all contribute. Um you don't wanna add anything? Well hopefully you're hopefully you are not with a somebody that's got or hopefully you don't have a narcissist um personality disorder, but if you do, um there's help out there and you you're all great. You're all special. <laughs> Every single one of you. <laughs> the narcissists and the non-narcissist people out there. Okay, I'm rambling toodles. Listener.